Welcome to this episode of the Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Today we're going to talk about competition, the light and the dark side. Aikido takes a pretty stern stance against competition. This quote by Osensei is fairly familiar. Quote, As soon as you concern yourself with the good and bad of your fellows, you create an opening in your heart for maliciousness to enter. Testing, competing with, and criticizing others weaken and defeat you. Unquote. There certainly is a dark side to competition, and it can bring out a bad side of people. War is the pinnacle of competition, with the stakes being as high as they could be, which is one will win and the other will die. The pursuit of not just winning by overcoming your opponent, but fighting until you have taken his life, profoundly changes those who experience it. Osensei was a soldier and saw war firsthand. He would not be the first veteran to have a distaste for competition. Yet he did not give up on it entirely either. He entertained countless challenges of very high intensity. Were these not competitions? Surely those who went to test his martial art against their own very likely saw their exchange as a competition. Remember, in that era, there was a high level of pride in one's art, and the competitive spirit was very high. That spirit prevailed into the 60s and 70s, where dojo challenges were not uncommon. Long-standing grudges were part of that landscape, but died down after it got out of control. Obviously, that's not something we want to return to. Competition doesn't require that kind of ugliness, though. I'll go so far as to point out that Osensei's statement about competing with others weakens you is blatantly false. Competition with others challenges and sharpens you. Only in fields where a person can work alone can someone have a chance of improving without competing. An example of that might be playing music. A guitarist can sit alone with a guitar without hearing other music and have the will and dedication to practice and make himself a superb guitarist. Granted, if someone does this, it is likely that they have some tremendous ingrained talent or drive which most people just don't have. Eric Clapton, Eddie Van Halen, Dave Gilmore, and Stevie Ray Vaughan come to mind as, a, as examples of immense natural talent that developed in isolation. These types of people are the exception, though, not the rule. The average person is inspired by seeing an extraordinary performance and trying to at least match it. A person who's passionate and even somewhat driven will push to do even better than the example that they are shown. I heard long ago a common Japanese sentiment that said, a good student will exceed the master. Is this competing? I would say that it is. And you're using the performance of another as a benchmark to measure yourself against and trying to go beyond their achievements. You test yourself constantly to see if you have gone beyond. Testing yourself is an integral part of athletic performance, and martial arts are certainly athletic in nature. One simply cannot face a live opponent and not strive to outperform them and have any chance of surviving. The reason is that you must study your opponent, his movements, accurately assess his strengths and weaknesses, and choose properly how to prevail. This is the very nature of the competitive mindset. Osensei must have done exactly this every time he faced a challenger. Osensei's enlightenment, as he described it, was when he went past the mindset of having to harm his opponent to prevail. I refer here to the story of the challenge he received by the army, I think it was army, officer with a sword. Osensei realized that during the challenge that he could prevail by merely avoiding the attacks by dodging them and tiring his attacker out until he gave up. It worked, and if I recall correctly, it took about a half an hour to do so. Before we can take this as a solid strategy for handling all attacks, though, we have to realize that it was one attacker only, and it was a dueling situation. Osensei obviously knew that he could take all the time he needed to. 
I've not heard much more detail about this account, but I would guess that he also knew his opponent would not get frustrated and pull out a gun on him. Osensei kept his cool and approached the competition in a smart way. I'm quite sure his mind was sharp and he knew the importance of making no mistakes. When people think of a calm mind, they often overlook the intensity and focus which is needed in a high-stakes situation and how that must be balanced with the calm mindset. The calm does not take away the focus, though. By the way, the approach Osensei used sounds unique, but it's not. There is an account from the ancient Olympic Games of a competitive fighter who used the exact same approach. He merely maneuvered and dodged all attacks until his opponents got so tired they were too exhausted to continue, and they submitted. He used this approach successfully to become an Olympic champion. Again, though, realize that time was not a factor and it was a defined sport setting. I'd like to address the practical side of competitive engagements for a minute. Most of Aikido training consists of paired kata, which is having someone give you a single attack that you know about in advance. Uh, the attack is well telegraphed, and then they stop once the attack is presented, allowing you to perform technique. This is a far cry from an opponent who's trying to do everything they can to attack you successfully, and you have no idea how they're about to attack you, and they are trying to trick you as best they can. Also, they keep moving to avoid your technique. Paired kata also builds the habit of nage waiting for uke to attack and then responding. This is a horrible habit to build. If you look at films of Osensei, Koichi Tohei, and other first-generation students, you see that they don't do much of this. They are very proactive. One example that comes to mind is Osensei using a direct strike to the face to get uke to respond by blocking with his arm, which presents an easy opportunity for ikkyo. Bill Superfoot Wallace has a splendid video on this concept, which he uses to get an opponent's guard up just enough to open his body for a kick. There are two fundamental principles at play here. First, the principle of Shoto Seizu, which means control the first move. You control the first move by making the first move and inviting your opponent to respond. If you merely wait for your opponent to initiate his attack, you are giving him control. It may seem like this is a good idea, but it is not. It would be if you knew what attack he was going to throw ahead of time, but with so many choices, this puts you well behind in initiative and time. The second principle is the high-low principle, which is to move your opponent into the position you want to make your technique easy. In Superfoot's case, he used his amazing kicking ability. With Osensei, he applied Ikkyo. It really doesn't matter what the technique is, but whether it succeeds as you wanted it to. You're painting your opponent into a, a corner by urging him to respond to your movements. What's going on here is a mindset of competition. It has nothing to do with hating your opponent or letting your pride overwhelm you. It's more about remaining sharp, keeping a cool head under pressure, and having someone try to best you. This type of environment hones the mind and the spirit. This is what kata practice lacks and can never address because kata is not designed to work on that aspect of the art. It would be like trying to tighten a bolt with a screwdriver. It's just the wrong tool for the job. So what is the right tool? The word competition or competitive invokes the idea of organized tournaments and martial sports. Yes, these are certainly competitive. There's no question about that. The stakes are usually high enough to drive people to perform at their highest levels. It's different being in the gym or the dojo and practicing than it is being in front of a crowd with your success and failure on the line for all to see, much less for the perceived shame of losing or not rep representing your instructor or your dojo well. Some crumble under that pressure, but ones with the drive and the heart learn to excel there. 
The process makes them better. It is an aspect of self-improvement that the internal arts don't really address. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The sad part is when those who wish to hone their competitive skills are scorned or condemned by those who cannot even understand it. Oftentimes, competitors are seen as selfish, ego-driven, brutish, and of poor character generally. Sure, some competitors cheat to succeed, but many do not. I'd even say that most do not, but that really depends on the sport. The more money there is on the line, the more tempting it is to skirt the rules and cheat to win. We see this with steroid use in professional sports, for example. I don't want to spend time going down that rabbit hole, but suffice to say that competition can bring out the worst in people. That doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater, though. Competition also brings out the best in people. It makes them work harder and strive to excel. As I pointed out earlier, a a person practicing alone will usually not go as far as someone who is seeking to keep up with and exceed someone else. I think this is something that many modern people have a distaste for. The idea that trying to do something better than somebody else is a personal slight on them. It can be, but it usually isn't. Years ago, I got involved with a group of friends who were all into fencing, and I took it up myself for a few years. Two of the guys in this group uh, were not only roommates, but they were best of friends. So much so, they were like brothers. But they were also fiercely competitive. It wasn't that they disliked each other at all or lacked integrity or honor. In fact, it was the opposite. They were both extremely honorable and virtuous guys. Along with these great character traits, they had the desire to always one-up each other. It was like two thoroughbreds who race against each other every day, each with a passion to win. On any given day, one would come out slightly ahead of the other, and so the other one would redouble their efforts, and by practicing more, coming up with a response for an attack the other hadn't seen yet, they'd improve their timing, their footwork, work on their point control, or just about anything that you can imagine. It didn't take long in that environment, and both became amazingly good at their fencing. They quickly surpassed other fencers who had been training for a longer period of time. They dominated the tournaments they entered because their dedication and hard work paid off. While I believe both would have been very good fencers in their own right had they not been friends and roommates, I also believe that the reason they got so good and as quickly as they did was that they made each other stronger due to their competitive nature. They never lost their quality of character, which is an aspect many are concerned about when it comes to releasing their competitive spirit. Managing your ego and keeping pride in check is something you must learn to deal with with your competitive side. Now, these guys were in a sport which had tournaments so that they can go and test their progress. Nothing will give you the clear feedback about how your training is going as well as competition. Failures are critical for pointing out the weaknesses in your training and what skills require work. That said, I don't think Aikido needs tournaments to benefit from a competitive influence. It can be done effectively with Randori. It's definitely possible to keep the uke-nage relationship but bring the high-pressure environment into the training cycle. Boxers do this with their sparring, where they will go live rounds with one another periodically. These don't have quite the intensity that a prize fight does, but it's still beneficial to building good boxing skills and prepares fighters for their prize fights. I don't think Aikido needs its own version of prize fights, which are high-stakes competition, but that's just my opinion, and I have room for other viewpoints. I find Shotokan tournaments good from the standpoint of giving people a venue to practice against live-resisting opponents. However, the rules are so limited that I think they're not adequate preparation for self-defense situations. Real-world attacks are, are different, 
because they're usually ambushes and aren't the same flavor as a sport fight. I could go deeper into that, but would rather stay on topic about the competitive mindset. Another way that the competitive mindset can be used in a healthy way is the kinship students have, particularly among those who are around the same experience level. You can be best of friends with a fellow student and want to keep up with their skills and progress and even want to pull out ahead of them. It doesn't require head-to-head competition like sparring, but people who are even slightly ambitious and have the spirit to improve don't want to be left behind. This is a good thing and not something to be concerned about. Unfortunately, Aikidoka tend to focus a little too much on masakatsu agatsu, which is true victory is victory over oneself. It is true, but this concept is often taken too far and can lead someone squarely into narcissism where they only pay attention to themselves and lose touch with those around them. It seems to me when people do this, they are not practicing the concept of connection, and that is the basic principle of Aikido. Granted, you shouldn't lose sleep worrying that others are doing better than you are or plotting how you can beat your fellow students. But seeing them do well and improving should be a good motivation for you to do the same and improve yourself. I look on it like a community where being around people who are bettering themselves will show how you can better yourself. I think this is healthy and it's an effective way to grow using healthy competition. It only gets bad when you start seeing resentment over the achievements of others. Your fellow students should help you light that fire inside yourself to improve and they do this by improving themselves. If you reject any competition or refuse to compare your skills to anyone else's, you can be walking away from a very positive influence. It doesn't have to be a negative influence on your practice or your spirit. There's great camaraderie which can grow from this and a very strong bond between those who go through it together. Your drive and ambition are the fire of your passion to excel. Don't dump water on it by saying that comparing yourself to others is a bad thing. It's perfectly fine to look at someone doing a great technique or performing well and saying, I'm going to do that well someday, and then work on it until you do. You should be looking at what others do with an eye for inspiration of your own growth. I've found doing this helps keep my fire burning to be better and always gives me good ideas for what to train next. I'm not sure the fire burns as long when you only look at yourself. At least that's what I'm inclined to think, having seen top-level martial artists over years and decades compared to those who waste a lot of training time and struggle to improve. Competition can be used positively and can make an art vibrant. I think the Aikido community has hurt itself by rejecting competitive influence so vigorously. A healthier way to approach it is to be just as vigorous about building and maintaining good character, honor, and integrity alongside the passion and drive to excel. The removal of competitive aspect does two things. One, it fails to prepare someone for real violence, where it is the ultimate competitive experience. And two, in failing to prepare adequately, it creates weakness and can even go so far as to actively teach cowardice. Any martial art which fails to teach students to be physically capable and competent has a dim future, kind of like a swimming school whose students never get into the water. Aikido will benefit when it comes to terms with the competitive mindset and is able to strike a balance with the good side of it. What do you think about Aikido and competition? I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, please comment. You can also go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall site and post a comment there. Please support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and sharing. Enjoy your training!